Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Growing Up 8 podcast. I'm your host, David Youngblood, and today's episode is entitled Of Rituals and Lifting Cows, Life on a Farm. Ritual is not mere repetition, and neither is repetition mere ritual. To repeat suggests a thoughtlessness and disconnected redundancy, one that can arise from necessity or efficiency or perhaps monotony. The ritual is an investment. It is a bargain of sorts made between action and intention, and on a certain level, it represents a grasp for the transcendent, even for the divine. As such, there is a sacredness underlying the very idea of ritual, a sacredness that is not and can never be a part of mere repetition. One of my favorite stories told by my mom of her childhood involves the enduring and unconditional love she felt and still feels toward her grandparents, Charles C. and Julia Johnson Burley. Old Papa and Old Mama, to all of us who were good country folk, who lived outside of Opelousas, Louisiana, in a little place called Sunset. If you can manage to get Mom talking, she's busy most of the times with some household task or some pointed lesson needing to be offered to one or more of the younger ones who invariably are around. She will speak, though guardedly, about her past. What's not guarded is her affection for her two grandparents. As she recalls it, some of the happiest moments of childhood were spent at their Sunset Farm in summers. Sunset, Louisiana sits almost midway between Opelousas and Lafayette and is an almost exclusive farming community, endless rows of cotton and soy interrupted by an occasional rusting oil pump. To think about summers there is to hear immediately the hum of crickets and locusts and other insects, their cores ebbing and flowing in the parching breeze which suffocates all in its path as it crosses the endless flatlands and fields of south-central Louisiana. My mother loved Mama's farm as it represented a type of freedom and respite from the busyness of an urban tedium of New Orleans. Truth be told, I think what she loved most about the farm was her grandfather, Papa. He idolized Mom and her younger sister, Jackie. Papa was a tall, skinny dirt farmer. Born in 1890 on October the 5th, he was one of 13 children and grew up poor as most folks around those parts did. He fell in love with a beautiful, art-loving girl named Julia, but the match was not approved by her parents. Being headstrong, a trait our dear mother also inherited, Julia defied her family and started life with Charlie. Theirs was a simple existence, but one that demanded attention to the land despite each harboring dreams of an exotic life without the grit form routine. Those dreams were woven and stitched into the very structure of the tiny wooden home they occupied. Old Mama loved art and used to hang pictures from magazines in her house since affording prints was out of the question. Walking through her house was like walking through a makeshift museum where recognizable works of art, art we had seen on the covers of our textbooks and hanging sometimes on the walls of our art classes, seeing them carefully cut out and hanging on the fading wallpaper spoke volumes of a woman who once held dreams of the salons of Paris and the streets of Florence. I remember being in her farmhouse as a boy and discovering that, though she hung beautiful art around the house, she used the rest of the magazine pages to insulate that house, as evidenced by a hole I found in her wall. Always observant of anything out of place, I made a closer inspection. 
I put my fingers in the hole and managed to pull out some paper fragments. To my surprise, one of the fragments was a headline from a decades-old Life magazine cover. The other fragments were the rough, textured remains of a newspaper. The contrast of the makeshift insulation against the grand replicas of the famous art cemented in my mind the reality-soaked existence of our great-grandparents. The dreams were always practically balanced and a product of the world surrounding them. Our own visits to the farm in Sunset came at a time when old Mama did little more than tend to chickens and pick pecans from the ground beneath the trees which populated her front yard. There were also figs, which, when in season, provided an extra to the typical breakfast of corn mush. At this point, old Papa had been gone for almost a decade, and most of the farming had been taken over by her sister Alice's family and our cousin Andrew. My only memory of Alice's home was a visit we made to her nearby farmhouse, where she served us what was to be the finest glass of hand-squeezed lemonade I've ever enjoyed. While we played in the shade, the adults visited in the kitchen. Our primary distraction was found in a created game of lawn darts, which we shaped from old hardened corn cobs with a chicken feather or two stuck into that flat end. Doug and Mike had been taught by Cousin Andrew how to chase and rile the chickens enough so that fresh feathers would fall and could be easily collected, and the two eldest dutifully instructed us in the crafting of the tools in the game itself. On a farm, if you let yourself be immersed in the task, any task, be it recreational or labor-intensive, and if you did so while staying in the shade, you were sure to pass the afternoon until supper was called. Since we had never grown up on a farm, Old Mama's property fascinated us. Our explorer imaginations were always tuned to possible adventures and possible dangers. And so we headed out in a small group to explore the fields behind the house. Not far from the back yard was an above-ground water pump where you could, with a little bit of work, raise water from the well it covered in a perfect spot to cool off and clean up after an adventure. We immediately set our bearings for the not-too-distant oil well on the edge of the property. The well was no longer working, but at one point the horse head and walking beam would slowly bob to the rhythm of the dark oil beneath the ground. For us, the well was a long-extinct dinosaur, which stood sentinel-like alone in the vast stretches of dusty acreage. Looking across the fields, we saw the relics of the oil boom peppering the small family farms that made up Sunset, Louisiana. The recent rains made the trek back a little bit delicate. The soil fields had a dusty, crusty, but no doubt dried by the winds, which whipped across the open farmland. The surface appeared solid, but much like quicksand, we imagined the but much like the quicksand we imagined and had seen on our Saturday morning Tarzan, Tarzan movies, one wrong step would lead to a horrifying sinking and slow, torturous death beneath the earth's surface. Your siblings could do little but stare helplessly on, without any nearby trees nor branches would be available to save the victim, so we would be powerless to help. At least that is what we collectively thought as we headed back to the house in a zigzag serpentine fashion. Hey guys! The plea was less a scream and more a surprised remark, and it came from Tom, who had lagged a bit behind us on the trip back, no doubt fascinated by the scars on the drying fields, which, with the right kind of angle, looked, took on the appearance of creatures and mythological figures. What we saw was Tom standing lopsided with one leg sunk knee-deep into the muck, 
Doug and Mike were the first to arrive, each grabbing an arm and pulling to free him. The vacuum that had formed released a deep thwacking sound as Tom regained his full height. What was missing was not a foot or even toes as we had secretly hoped, but his left Ked sneaker. It was a small price to pay for keeping your life. We traveled back more closely together and arrived at the well pump, both relieved and worried and uncertain about how we would explain the missing shoe to Mom. We washed Tom's muddy feet, not with tears as Mary Magdalene had done so, but with cold water from the deep aquifer below, and certainly with a gratitude that he had been saved. On that summer day, which began with perfect lemonade, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone who better understood the rhythms of a field in the deep south and what its desolate desolation could whisper to the imagination than our small band of adventurers, huddled together getting cleaned up. As we huddled, we imagined and traded possibilities of what it would be like to have old Papa with us for the adventure. Charlie Burley spent his entire life in one spot, but there were certain events that called for a welcome break from the daily routines of tending to a 40-acre farm, which not only included rows of cotton and soy and occasionally corn, but also some cattle and two mules, one named August and the other a name which escapes mom's memory. Which, when looked at, uh, which when hooked to an aging plow, served as a tractor for old Papa. Two events in particular stood out in the stories told about old Papa. One was going to court. Charlie Burley loved the opportunity to put on his Sunday best and hitch up a team to travel to the local courthouse. In one particular case, the state of Louisiana was looking to expand the dirt road that ran in front of his farm into a highway and, as often happens in such a situation, laid claim to eminent domain on that stretch of old Papa's property line. Of course, he was outraged and filed a lawsuit. Of course, the case was a hopeless one, and it's pretty safe bet that old Papa knew this. But that did not stop him from dressing in his best coat and tie and making his way to court. I suspect it was the break in routine that appealed most to him, and while the case was running its course, he was never happier than when he could travel to the center square and have his day in court. Another welcome respite from the daily work was when the gypsies came to the area. The traveling bands of nomads would trek through the area looking for whatever might be offered or be available. Perhaps hoping to keep them from stealing, old Papa always welcomed them and allowed them to camp on the back end of his property. While they stayed, he made it a daily routine to go out and visit them. Perhaps he was enchanted by the stories they would share and the idea of having new possibilities and new uncertainties every day. Theirs was a free, spirited existence, unencumbered by ties to land or law. One thing Charlie never did, however, was bring his granddaughters with him. He would not allow the two sisters to arise with him and go out to these visits. Most likely, he understood that despite the magical nomadism that they seemed to enjoy and the stories and journeys that they shared, they were not above stealing and lying and cheating. He could not allow this way of living to influence those he adored so much. He also feared that they might kidnap or coerce Irma and Jackie, and they would be gone from him forever. That he could not and would not allow. Oh, Papa did his best to make our mother the center of his universe on her visits. His was a working farm, and visit or not, farm work never takes a holiday. 
Early one morning, a calf was born on Papa's farm, and after assisting the cow in her delivery, Papa cleaned off the newborn and carried it to the window, where my mother was just awakening and looking out the window, searching for her Papa. He stood grinning and turned the calf to let her see. It was what he had wanted her to wake up to, a new day and a new life. He made a vow to her that morning as well as a boast. He would carry that calf to her window each and every morning of her stay, and as an added bonus, as the calf grew in strength, so would he from lifting her up and carrying her around the yard. One day that would make him the strongest man in the world. No doubt he was in my mother's eyes. It was a ritual shared between the two of them, a ritual she would never forget. She never told us, or perhaps doesn't want to, the answer to the question we all wanted to know. How long did old Papa carry the cow? The connective tissue formed by this one loving act is as close a definition as I can offer about the divinity present between two people, engaging in a ritual. It is as sacred a memory as I imagine there can be.